0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge Elders past, present, and emerging. Always was, always will be. Hi, and welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. Melon. I love sporting daggy wine slogans on my sweaters. I'm joined by Meg Brotman who would never do such a thing. Uh, The amazing master of wine.
1: Yes and you like, I've seen the bottle earrings that you've got and I think you have a necklace as well. So you have a lot of wine paraphernalia.
0: I do. I have have a t-shirt that says you had me at Merlot. Oh my god. (laughs) I've got, this one I'm actually embarrassed about. This one's awful. It says, um, it's like a Jim one It says train for champagne <laughs> 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 Yeah That's yeah. I, Actually my friend Made me one And it's got like um, She's drawn like The outline of a nude person And it says It would be rudy really Nudy not to And she's drinking wine
1: I love it. Well, you do have a glass holder in your shower, so clearly she knows
0: you well. She does know me well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Meg, how have you been this week? What have you been drinking? So this week I actually had a Moscato. Shocker. But from from. <laughs> Asti, okay, so it's not like so a Brown a- Brothers, Jacobs Creek no. type. So
1: Asti is in Pimonte. Mm-hmm. Um You probably most people would have heard of Asti Spumante, which mm-hmm. is the big bubbly version. This is a table wine under cork. People call it nasty Asti. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and the thing is, I think I've said this before. It's got like three standard drinks in it, so you can yes go to in a, like a whole bottle. Yeah, so yeah. you can go to a party and you can drink that over the entire night. Feel like you taking and still be the responsible driver home. True. But this is actually um, a table wine. It's about 7% alcohol Mm -hmm. and it's slightly what we call frizzante. It just has a little prickle of bubble and it's sweet. And it was absolutely delicious. I was feeling a little bit... I guess I can say hungover, a little bit sad for myself, <laughs> a little bit food yeah. and wine Yeah. and I just needed something cheerful and chirpy too. You know what?
0: That would do it too. A bit of sugar, perfect. Bit of alcohol, Five o'clock, just a little bit of alcohol, really cold.
1: Yeah, um, I felt like I had a real treat. It was delicious. Yeah. I have, I think it costs maybe thirty dollars for a bottle.
0: Oh my god! There's so much more than I thought it would be.
1: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a producer. I, I, it's from the Prince Wine Store. I, I've, I've had it in my wine fridge for ages, and it's kind of one of those weird ones that you never know when to drink. Yes, and that was just turned out to be the perfect moment oh. for me. Oh,
0: was so nice. It was good. Enjoyed your nasty asty I did enjoy. It was not. It was. <laughs> I can't even remember the producer. Yeah,
1: kind of a brownish label and gold, but it was yum.
0: All right, and um, fun fact for us this
1: week. Fun fact, you know this. I sent this to you yesterday. Um, Some women in the U.S. who are very high-powered winemakers, so Mm -hmm. the Jackson family, um, they was one of the women, they have taken the leftover skins from Chardonnay and made them into chocolate bars. This is just great.
0: (laughs) I have are they even allowed to call it chocolate? Like
1: they've put chocolate on it. So my guess is you take manky, dirty old grape skins and seeds because you couldn't separate the seeds yeah. out, and put it in a chocolate bar because the seeds and the skins actually do have antioxidant yeah in them, and dark chocolate does but you said you want to get it so i'm going to see if we can oh, actually totally it'll probably cost us it. 90 bucks for one yeah, to yeah. <laughs> get it here but i think <laughs> it'll be well worth it and i just thought i was just thinking i know years ago um there was a there's a spa in bordeaux called cordalie mm. um and that's cordalie's uses all the the skins and the seeds and you go for all this beauty therapy it's really expensive i took my boss there for her 50th um And I thought, well, you know, I've always been thinking of what we could do with all of this stuff. And I thought, well, chocolate bars? Mm.
0: But I'm not convinced. It's an interesting concept. The the thing to me is usually when we – When something is made from grape skins, it's done on the premise of like using the whole grape and no wastage and stuff. But isn't it all just composted normally anyway?
1: Yeah, well, we compost ours or a lot of people feed it to their cattle. So, yeah, yeah, it is is actually used. But then if you think about they're from Napa and Sonoma, so I'm just Mm. thinking because it's much more – compact, industrialized, uh, urb- so maybe urban, it's not actually used. maybe they don't have the access that we do to such rural activities. I'm not sure, mm. but
0: yeah, I just thought, yeah. Yeah, look, either way, I think we all want to try it. I'm going to
1: try it. Yep. I'm going to try and find it. I'll track it down.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, uh, today, Meg, I love this topic. Um, can we trust wine shows? Because we see wine bling all the time. We've kind of touched upon it before, but I wanna know what actually happens at these shows how they're judged, how the how you can put an objective score on something that by nature should be subjective. And at the end of the day, can we trust these things that come out? So let's start from the start. What actually happens at a typical wine show? You've done so much judging. How does it work? So the way
1: a typical wine show works, and I just want you to know that we have as an industry come up with standards. So the Australian Society of Viticulture and Enology, which is ASVO, has come up with a standard. We never used to have a standard. So we actually are working, towards a, working to a standard How now. recently was this? Oh, I reckon 10 years ago maybe. Okay,
0: yeah.
1: Um, so the way a show is run is you you send in your wines, the, the producer selects what class they're going into, so Chardonnay from 2019 mm-hmm. or Chardonnay 2018 and older. So you as the producer chooses the, the class. The wines then get – brought in, they are blind. We as judges never, ever see what the wines. We have maybe 30 glasses in front of us, numbered one to 30, and the wines are poured out so that we don't actually see them. And then we come in, there's usually four judges per class. Um, So there'll be a panel chair who is the head. Then you'll have two judges and then you'll have an associate. So we believe in training associates. So the associate scores what they rate the wine, don't count. Ah. But we do take into account, not really, their, their opinions. Ah. No, you do. Sometimes, you know, if an associate's really gunning for a wine, <laughs> we will bring that wine back, but really. Um, they're there to be seen and not heard. No, sorry, <laughs> associates. That's really, that's terrible. I'm not a snob. Um I have brought back associates' wines before, uh, but you you have time pressure. So yes, yes. So there's 30 wines. So yep. the way I would do it, I would s- say to my panel, okay, we're looking at Chardonnay from – we don't know where it's from, so it could be Margaret River. I would say please award diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, don't just always choose the same style of wine. Yeah. We know they're from 2019. Um, please don't – you know, if you see a malolactic style or a really oaky style, think about it and don't sit on the fence. So – you, way we judge it is eighty five to eighty nine point five is is a bronze medal. Yeah, um, ninety to Jesus, I can't even remember. Ninety two is silver, and then over ninety five is is gold. is gold. So we go through and we judge. Now I would say to my judges and associates, um, I've got thirty wines. I don't want to have shadow effect, So I'm tasting from 1 to 30, you taste from 15 yeah. to 30, and then from 15 to 1, you taste from 30 to 1 so yeah. that we make sure we're getting not one wine is overseeing another so we get a, bro- a, a broader view of them. Yeah, A lot of judges do that. We then come to the table with our scores and our comments. Yeah, We discuss the wines, we give the scores, and then we work out what the average is, not taking into account the associates. Anything that is a gold – is brought back. Mm-hmm. When we bring it back, we bring it back not with the same number that it had because say you picked that gold and you were retasting wine three, you'd be going, I want wine three again, I'm going to give it a gold again. It's it's randomised, so wine three could be at position four yeah. now. So we don't know where it is. So we then taste all the golds and we yeah. pick out what we consider to be our top gold.
0: Okay. If
1: we don't have consensus on gold so say there's two silvers and a gold yeah panel chair has got the the role that they can say no i'm not going to bring it back but mostly they will bring back anything that has has a gold um and so we then choose the top gold and then those top golds for that class 2019 chardonnay goes into the trophy taste off so all chardonnay
0: Uh oh and then from
1: all chardonnays goes into all whites yeah, trophies, and then eventually you'll end up with best white and best red for show.
0: Okay, and um, when you all come back with your points, if if you say um, I've given this a ninety-five, and I were to say I've <laughs> in my head I I gave it eighty, do I have time to like quickly change my score because I no. think you might be right? No, so it's okay. I would hope there's not. there's no like power of suggestions so that the no. most in. Someone can influence the others or whatever. You can fight for your gold. Yeah. Like you can,
1: if, but anything that's got a gold automatically comes back from the three judges. Yes. So they, that's just an automatic. But, you know, we do spend time going about silver. Should we up that to a gold? Blah, blah, blah. So you should fight for your wine if you truly believe it. And if we uh, haven't reached consensus, we'll bring it back and try it. Yeah. And then we'll, we will, we will again we don't know where it's from and so we're almost tasting them fresh yeah and if that doesn't work and we're still arguing we get in the chair of the show okay. to make it come in and make a decision
0: now you said before that you encourage people to reward diversity is there like a particular criteria? Is it like out of twenty points, balance out of five points for this? Is there a way to act, or just, or do people literally just tasting? Mm, tastes like an eighty-nine.
1: <laughs> yep. Um There used to be when it was a twenty-point system, so we gave three for color, yeah, seven for aroma, yeah, and ten for flavor, yeah. And within that ten flavor, it was other tannins balance. So it's one point other. You know, but no one does it. That we we now judges are so attuned to working this hundred point system, which cracks me up because really it is a twenty point system. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Because twenty times five. Yeah. I mean, anyone, anything under eighty is kind of faulty. Yeah. Um. So, you know, you. Yeah. It's stupid. It's just that Parker started it in the US. Robert Parker was a yeah. famous wine critic and his 100-point wines were the big thing. Yeah, We've adopted it. It was slow to be taken on by all wine shows because the 20-point system was the Australian system. Ah. And it, that's what they were taught at university and it yeah. actually made sense. Yeah. I don't know how they teach the 100-point system at uni. Yeah, Maybe they do have a breakdown of it, but yeah. I've just learnt it on the fly.
0: So are you more likely to get a good score if you are making it like traditional, yeah, I don't know, Sandra Vesey or Shiraz or something like to a tea as Australians would expect it, or are you more likely to win if you were doing something kind of different, but it works? We do award
1: topicity, so it should look like the variety that it is. And if we know the region, because sometimes we do know the region or the climate, we expect it to look like that. So uh, topicity is part Mm. of the mix, but it's not the only mix. Um, I I know a few years ago – Yeah, I was chairing a, I was tasting in a wine show, judging in a wine show, and there was a riesling that was ten percent alcoholish, low alcohol and slightly sweet, and I gave it a gold. I gave it a top gold, ninety eight. I thought it was absolutely fabulous, and I got caned. I fought really hard for that wine, Mm. um, and we brought it back, and it actually got up for best best white, I think. Yeah. So you just. Each judge is different. Yeah. Um, We do have our chairs that will come in and and help, but it's as as objective as you need it to be. But there is bias without a doubt. And can I just say some shows count more than most. Um, There are so many shows out there that – you know, we just that we just got invited to one today, and you really need to look at who the judges are. If you're not involved in the wine trade, you won't know. Yeah. I'm very, very selective in what we put our wines into. Yeah, um, I look at who's judging, how it's run. Yeah, um, because some people are just into the bling on the bottles, totally. And I just think, and if you look really close, you're like, oh, right, the, you know the. <laughs> I don't know, the Dunedin yeah, fruit yeah, yeah. wine show from, yeah. from the bottom end of New Zealand and they're judging wine with fruit wine. Yeah. It's meaningless. I think yeah. look for national shows, so Adelaide, Royal Melbourne, Sydney. Yeah. Um, and then if you're into a particular style of wine, you can look at cool climate wine shows. I mean – I. The ASVO the Australian Society of Viticulture and Enology, would actually just like to see what they they call it the national shows and then the niche shows. Yeah. So there's one the Sydney International Wine Competition which is judged with food. Yeah. Only one in the world that I'm aware of.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, completely different. It is a niche yes. show. Yes. You know, yes. It, it's it's talking about food and wine. Yeah. The wine show system in Australia came up because it was to, what was the term, improve the breed. We wanted to improve the quality of our wine. So they were very... Technocratic. They were so technical for so long, and then finally we realised.
0: God, we wonder why people think we're wankers. Yeah, in this we industry. finally realised actually people Ugh. just drink the wine. They don't care if yeah.
1: oh, I think that pH is a bit high on that wine, so I'm going <gasps> yeah. to judge it down. They don't care. Yeah. So we've now brought in. So on any panel, you will probably have a a technical person, a, ju- a wine maker for a judge and then you will have a sommelier or someone working in the trade or yes. a wine buyer. So fortunately now it's a lot more balanced.
0: And how consistent are results? Like how much are they a measure of the general trade palette? For instance, if you had um, – a. P- 10 pools of judges, one of each of the things that you were talking about, and you held the same Chardonnay lineup, exactly the same, and 10 different judges did it all the same way. Would you always generally arrive at the same one or two top ones, or, or is there actually a lot of subjectivity in there?
1: There is a lot of subjectivity, but... The top golds generally there's a lot more consensus. When we bring them uh, when we bring them back, it's surprising. You you will see such diverse styles. Yeah. And you'll think there's no way whoever brought that back is going to vote for yeah. that one. Yeah. But you will end up finding and we do talk about it. Um, we don't know what the wines are, but we do talk about it and we will decide on a top gold. The interesting thing is the consistency between the judges. Okay. Amongst the judge themselves. So when I chaired a show, um, I put in the same wine twice so that I could test my judge's ability to judge it at the same score.
0: And not great. Wow. Yeah, and, like, this is the kind of thing I'm wondering. I just, like, it It seems crazy that out of, like, hundreds of wines you could just, like, find one to plonk the, the gold on or whatever and that everyone's palate could literally be so in tune that it could – Okay. That's the thing. It's a funnel down. Yeah. And, and then
1: when we come to do trophy judging, it's a knockout. So yeah. you could have a 98-point a Pinot Gris against a 98-point Chardonnay. There's no way in the world the Pinot Gris is ever yeah, going to get up. I would bet my, as my mum used to say, I'll bet my left tit on that, <laughs> yeah. um, that the Pinot Gris will never get up. Yeah, it's just not going to because yes. Chardonnay is considered, yeah. you know, more yeah. of it. And in in terms of winemaking, Chardonnay's got oak and you know leaves yeah. and blah blah Pinot Gris, just little Pinot Gris. Mm. But yeah, it's interesting th- to see that the judges and as the day progresses, you do suffer from oh, palate fatigue. I bet. Um, you know, you can be sitting down to fifty Pinots yeah. at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So you do, without a doubt, you have palate fatigue. Yeah, we do tend to get fed well because you are absorbing a certain percent of alcohol. No one ever drives. There's always where everyone's busting it out. But the palate fatigue is is very, very real.
0: Okay. So are there any other flaws to the system?
1: Um, I think fence sitting for me is probably the what I hate where you, okay. people will go – Eighty nine points, rather than ninety for silver oh. or ninety four. Now I used to call ninety four a bitch slap. Go hard or go home. Yeah, give it gold. Yeah, or give it ninety three. Yeah, ninety four. That's just so rude. Yeah, it's like it is, isn't you're it? not pretty it's enough. It's Like almost. <laughs> so I find Thanks that, try. and it's the way um, each. You know, there's such an array of judges. How many. Wines in a day are people judging. We try and keep it, I mean, we limit it to 130 is kind of the the maximum. That's a lot of wine. That is a lot of wine. Um, The size of the classes, like 40 for me is too big. If I ever got big classes, I would break it. I would have two panels. I'd have 20 and 20 Yeah, because people are spending money on this. You know, you spend over $100 per wine that you're submitting plus the cost of the wine, plus the freight.
0: Yes. Okay, so that is something that I did want to come back to as well. Um, we see medium type producers that have like billions of bling all over their wines and stuff. And we know that half of the time they are these tiny little wine shows as opposed to the big ones. But is there an element of, you know, if you put your hat in for every single show possible and you have the money and the resource and everything to do it at the end of the day, you're going to get something right. Like,
1: unless you make really bad wine chances are you will get something but realistically bronze medals we in the wine business if we got a bronze we don't even tell people no it's kind of like i think
0: you've made I'm going to wine. say
1: 35% of wine gets a bronze but i'm not sure if it's that high that's a okay. f- figure i've got in my head from somewhere i did i did used to know what the statistics were
0: um, yes
1: so i think Bronze is fine. Silver, if it's a high silver, we will talk about it. But really, does anyone know the difference between 93 and 90? No. Um, and then if it's a gold, we woo we shout it through the ceilings. But I, uh, yeah, it depends on the, sh- the show. Mm. Um, the thing is, immature markets love the bling. Yes. So... S- so, it helps us yeah. in those markets.
0: So, so like in countries where they are less educated about wine, when we export to them,
1: yeah. So China, yeah. I mean China. If you were, if you weren't a, I mean it's not a show, but Halliday, If you weren't five star red, you couldn't get a foot in the door. Yes. Um, and there, you know, they, they do ask for these awards. I, um, I don't think as a winery you should rely on the awards. You need to talk about your. Wines rather than the awards. Mm. It's nice to have some. I, I'd rate the International Wine Challenge in the UK. Um, I think they judge 20,000 wines. Yeah. Seriously. Decanter Wine Awards. Um, and then here's Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide shows.
0: So Meg. If there's a certain criteria and everybody starts trying to make a wine that will win shows, because essentially that is going to help sell more wine, does it mean that it could ruin diversity in wine if everyone's just trying to make essentially what will win the top spot, which is going to be the same thing?
1: Definitely. Um, What we call the Parkerization of wines. During the 90s, Robert Parker was so influential that Wineries around the world, and I include Bordeaux, who used to make a very um, lighter-bodied, fresher style of wine that needed a long time to age, started making these over 14% alcohol wines with loads of new oak, and that was Parker through and through. Wow. His style. Yeah. Um So – that's why I always say, you know, award diversity. Make sure that you, you are tasting across the, the spectrum and that the wines are, are different. But I think we're better at that now and because we have a lot of sommeliers and trade people, they yeah. see so many different wines, more than the average little winemaker in their hermit hole would see. So their eyes are much more open to diversity. So that, that helps improve okay. the show system, I think.
0: So I guess taking all of this into account, your final say, can you trust wine shows? <laughs> if you see a bottle and it's you know it's gotten a gold, is should you buy it?
1: That wine has shown very well at that point in time at that show. Then, yes, you can trust them. But do you need to? Do we need them? Mm. It's a consumer. That's I mean, it's you and I don't need them. No, I don't care. I'll I'll make the judgment on my own. Thank oh, totally. You very much. I never. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Who who are they for? I think is the most interesting question. It is. Yeah, it's not for the winery. It's for the the cons- the customer who we seem to think you guys need.
0: You need to be told. Need to be
1: told, and you've seen those bottles that you can't see the label for the yeah the bling yeah. You know, it's like the wrappers of. <laughs> Yeah, of the wine world. There's so much bling going on. Yeah, I don't. I I love judging. I love seeing what's out there. I love the wine Australian wine show system, system. We at least are doing it um, as objectively as we possibly can. Yes, but um, why are we doing it?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, you know, who are we doing it for?
0: It's an industry, right? People. These shows are they making money or are they not for profit? That's a good question. They're usually
1: attached to. Um, agricultural show some there are some privately okay. owned which are for profit yes but most of them attached to agricultural shows yeah. so then, not for profit they will make uh, they most people volunteer all the people that are pouring the wine that wash yeah. the glasses the stewards they're volunteers there's people who want to get into the wine trade and they work their butts off yeah um the entries whatever's left over Uh, Wine. if there's bottles left over, we generally agree for that to go to a public tasting and the the agricultural show can then generate income. Okay. So we're supporting the industry in that way. I just noticed for Sydney we've just had to agree that our wines go to – I think some charity
0: yeah. taste-off thing. So. Okay, so it seems like there's a fair bit of integrity with yeah. this. It's, they're not just like big magazines or whatever making money when it comes to shows yeah, or whatever. I mean, like, there, are, there are privately
1: held shows, yeah. um, but, you know, most of them feeds back into the industry.
0: Okay. All right. That's good. Well, um, that was really enlightening. Um, I think I speak for everyone listening when I say, oh, my God, 120 wines in a day. How do you do it?
1: Well, you stuffed your teeth and <laughs> just ruined. and.
0: Jeez, yeah. I bet. Um, yep. But, no, that's really cool. And so maybe next time you know what to look for. A gold means something pretty significant. But at the end of the day, just try as much as you can and...
1: Yeah, and if it's got a whole heap of bling on it and you don't like it, don't worry. Yeah. You know, someone else it doesn't in mean that, you have to like someone it. Someone else in that show that was judging that yes. wouldn't have liked that wine as well. Yeah. You don't have to. Okay. Just, again, we award diversity. Shop yeah. diversely.
0: Yeah, love that. Yeah. All right, well, um, we do have a question this week, and I love it. This one is from Sean. He asked, um, why is Merlot so unpopular? And then he's added in brackets, obviously, the grape, not the dog, because Merlot, our wine dog, is very loved. I don't know because it really is the best, softest.
1: It's got fruit, um, response to oak. We don't make very big age-worthy merlots in Australia but it's certainly a fairly soft easy drinking style I think because it is a bit of a bugger to grow um that sometimes there's a greenness Mm. there's a green bean character in it that people don't like um so it kind of gets blended away it's just not sexy
0: oh my god we haven't done a merlot let's do merlot next time
1: well, I think we'll be hard pushed to find 100 percent merlot. No True. one's prepared to put their hand up.
0: Yeah, I, I, I will. I will find them. Let's try. Let's I will some, find I them. I want
1: to try merlot. Yeah, um, you know, Santa um Pomerol. Yes. They're all merlot based wines. Most famous wine. yeah. The most expensive Maybe wines in the, in the world. world. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, they're all made from merlot. But here,
0: and um, if you've seen Sideways, oh yeah, thirty. So the movie Sideways, what, thirty percent? Uh, Drop in Merlot sales, the year that was released.
1: Yep. And in Chile, we saw a huge increase. It was over 200% increase in Pinot Noir.
0: Wow. So if you haven't seen Sideways, here's a clip um, of him talking about Merlot.
1: Do not sabotage me. If you want to be a Whoa. fucking lightweight, then that's your call. But do
0: not sabotage me. Oh, aye, aye, Captain, you got it. And if they want to drink Merlot, we're drinking Merlot. No, if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot! Okay, okay, relax, Miles. Jesus, no Merlot. And for reference about Meg's comment about the rise in Pinot Noir, this is why. Why are you so into Pinot? So, it's thin-skinned temperamental ripens early it's you know it's not a survivor like cabernet which can just grow anywhere and uh, thrive even when it's neglected no pinot needs constant care and attention you know and in fact it can only grow in these really specific little tucked away corners of the world and and only the most patient and nurturing of growers can do it really Only somebody who really takes the time to understand Pinot's potential can then coax it into its fullest expression. And then, I mean, oh, its flavors, they're just the most haunting and brilliant and thrilling and subtle and ancient on the planet. So do you like the movie Sideways, Meg? I did. In, we saw it in, when we were living in Chile. It
1: was called Entra coppers which means between glasses. Oh. Very odd. Yeah. Um, name. Uh, none of the characters are nice. No. You don't like They're any not of them. they at all. Um, and it is a little bit wank fest, but, yes, it, it
0: is enjoyable. I love what he says about Pinot Noir. I love it so much. I think oh it's so God. beautiful. Oh, my God. But that's the thing. It's hmm. so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I agree with him on Merlot. So, okay, so (laughs) do you think that Merlot is unfairly treated in the show, or like, was did they just say it as a funny line to add that like drama to the show, or is there some validity to?
1: One of the things I would like to say that a lot of um, Californian Cabernets, uh, Merlots, were actually had a lot of Chilean wine in them, and the Chilean wine was actually Carmenere. <gasps> Which is a lot softer um, in in tannin. So in Calif, in the US, you only have to have seventy percent of your wine to label it. Yeah, from there. So when I used to drink California merlots, because that's basically Napa and Sonoma, the only place you could ever get it. Yeah. Um, I think, oh my God, these just look like carmine Air. Yeah. And there would be a proportion there, high proportion <laughs> of Carmen in there.
0: Wow. So people just don't like Carmen Air. they just didn't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of Carmen going on with Merlot. But I, I mean, in
1: Australia, I couldn't think of who makes Merlot.
0: No. But- I mean, it's met plenty of blends, but I've, there's not many straight We, we lose it. It's yeah. like
1: the black sheep of the family. Yeah, we're too it's... ashamed to admit that it exists. doesn't
0: sell. All right. Well, I'm so determined to take some good mellow. We are doing a melee tasting, and you're all going to listen. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> the things I do for you now. The things I do for you. And we're never doing muscardo. I may never come back. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've gone over time again. Hopefully we haven't lost you here, but um, thanks for staying with us. Hope that gave you a bit of an insight tied into wine shows as always any questions let us know but until next time enjoy your next glass of wine make sure it's not merlot <laughs> <laughs>